0: for tuning in and welcome to the 100% Hustle podcast that shines a light on business hustlers who are willing to give their advice for business wins and lessons learned on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton, and there is little need to introduce this next guest once you hear her voice. After a 30-year radio career, she lends her talent to co-hosting the Morning Blend weekdays on Fox 47 in Lansing. This morning, we are going to talk about her role as a trauma-sensitive yoga facilitator. Welcome to the 100% Hustle podcast, Deb Hart.
1: Good morning. Hello, how are you?
0: Oh, Deb, it's so wonderful hearing your voice. I'm happy that you could join me today. Well, not only is this truly an honor, but you've been a staple in our community for so long that most folks know exactly who you are, and you're a local
1: celebrity. I never make that assumption. I always try to remember that more people don't know who I am than do. So it never hurts to introduce yourself again. It's like the power of advertising. Tell people who you are and remind them who you are on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) And refresh them too, because not everyone's updated as to what I'm doing these days. Sure.
0: And there's something they may not know at all, even if they do know you as our local celebrity, it's that you have a new incredibly important side hustle if I may.
1: <laughs> oh please do. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: have become a level 1 iRest
1: meditation teacher. Can you explain what that means please? I took the level 1 training, there's a level 2 that's the next level up and then there's the master training. So my level 1 training I was really intrigued by this type of meditation. It was started by psychologist Richard Miller who went into a yoga class in 1970 in San Francisco at the end of the class there was this guided meditation after it was over he felt this huge anxiety and depression had lifted off of him that he'd carried for years and he said to the the instructor what was that at the end and the instructor said that was yoga nidra which is sleep of the yogi yogic sleep so Richard Miller spent decades studying it And in the mid-2000s, he brought this very specific protocol that he created to the U.S. military and said, I'd like to try this with your personnel and see if it's effective for reducing PTSD, anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and insomnia. The military agreed to let him do this study. It was very successful. And Richard Miller said, fantastic, let's take it to more of your personnel. And the U.S. military said, sure, but you've got to change the name because you can't call it yoga nidra nobody's going to come. He came up with integrative restoration small i capital r i rest for short.
0: That's an amazing discovery and I'm still kind of sitting here questioning that uh, Mr. Miller went to one class and felt the benefits. I mean, can it be as quick as that one class?
1: We all experience something differently, you know? And it could have been that perfect timing, the perfect thing. You know, sometimes we can hear the same thing from several different people but we only truly hear it and it really resonates from one person. Maybe we're ready. Maybe it was the source. It's hard to say. Maybe, you know, because I've had experiences with people who tried it like, I don't like it. And others go, oh my God, that was the most incredible thing. So for him, it was the latter. It's
0: amazing. And of course, the idea of focusing on the military as a segment or group to benefit from this is pretty remarkable. A lot of the times these types of therapies aren't necessarily directed to that group of people is my understanding. And so is that where you are directing your
1: practice? I thought that I was going to be using iRest because I thought I was going to be teaching trauma-sensitive yoga at the VA in Battle Creek. I'd been teaching elsewhere before, prior to this. And I thought, why well, better get this training to add to? And I was literally in the middle of my training to become a level one IRS teacher out in San Diego. And I got a call from the VA, like, well, we're just not going to be able to make that happen. I'm like, well, okay, I'll find another place for it. So I'd been working and I was telling my friend who lives out in San Diego at the time, lived out there at the time. I told her about it. She goes, this sounds fascinating. I'd love to try it. And I thought, Oh, okay. So she and I are still practicing well into you know a year and a half now since I've gotten my training. And I've told other people about it. And I'm finding that CEOs and executives are finding it very useful to when they put something on their schedule and they pay for it, and they know the benefit of it. And they do those things. They show up and they do it. They practice regularly. And the more you practice, like anything, the more benefit you get, from what it is you're practicing or the better you get at what you're practicing. And the idea is that you learn these tools that you can use throughout your lifetime. You know, our sessions are generally about 40, 45 minutes, but you can learn how to integrate those tools in like seconds to understand, to take that pause and respond to what life is presenting you rather than react to what life is presenting you. And and these business leaders have found it very effective.
0: I love that. And also we're moving into this new era of being mindful and ensuring that we include self-care in our schedules. So it's good to hear that folks that you're working with, CEOs, managers, anybody for that matter, is planning their self-care in advance. And then not only self-care that would be a one-off session of maybe 45 minutes but they're learning to equip themselves with the tools that they need in any moment going forward to deal with a scenario so as you said it moves them from reactive to proactive and that feels very comforting to me to know that we're building a stronger more resilient community
1: (laughs) yeah for sure
0: Yeah, but what are the principles behind trauma-based yoga, and like, how does it differ from traditional yoga?
1: Yeah, so shifting from the meditation to the yoga, trauma-sensitive yoga. I was trained through the Center for Trauma and Embodiment, so three hundred hour training. It was about probably a year total program, and to be in good standing, you have to continue to do educational trainings because they continue the more they understand about trauma and how they can provide best practices, it has shifted even in the six years since I've been offering trauma-sensitive yoga. So at its root, it's invitational rather than instructional. When I am in a facilitating a class, I'll say if you'd like, you could lift your arms overhead. If you're choosing to lift your arms, maybe you'd prefer to have your elbows bent, you might prefer to have your arms straight. You might prefer to keep your arms down. That's absolutely your choice. You're welcome to make that expression with your arms Or to keep your arms down. If at any point you'd like to rest during your practice, you're welcome to rest. You can be seated or lying down. It's choice-making. Part of it is interoception as well. When people have been traumatized, their power has been ripped from them. You are powerless. Offering them a secure space to be present in their body in that moment, because with trauma, it's not uncommon for people to dissociate from their bodies, to not be in their bodies. I was just talking to a friend the other day who has had trauma and she's in her 30s and has done scores of counseling and different modalities to heal this ongoing thing that she's trying to heal. And she said, I don't spend that much time in my body and I forget that I have a body sometimes. So reminding people you have a body, it's all part of that whole system that you are that's carrying around your soul, your mind, your person. So it's an opportunity to notice that body. Maybe you're noticing some muscles if you're lifting your arms. Maybe you're noticing a sensation if you're choosing that. But ultimately it's about choice-making and it's providing an opportunity for them to regain some agency, some control over them. And at this point, I've been facilitating trauma-sensitive yoga at the Ingham County Jail in Mason since 2018. I love it. I do surveys before and after. It's shown to be very effective. We ask, are you in pain? Do you have discomfort? Are you anxious? Do you notice your body? Do you notice your breath? And what's your mood? Across the board, the number is profoundly more improved after than before. And for some who say, oh, that's nice. It must be nice to do something wrong and go to jail and get yoga. And What we're doing is offering a tool that people can use when they leave because 95% of people who are in jail are going to leave back into your community. Who do you want you or your family member to run into at the gas station, the grocery store, someone who's improved their life skills some or someone who has not. And I'm also affiliated with the Prison Yoga Project. and One of the commissioners for the San Quentin prison says, men who are more mindful, more self-aware, and more physically fit cost us less money. So we're costing us money for people who are participating, as well as giving better tools for people to take back into the world once they reintegrate.
0: There is so much that you have offered in that that I want to just kind of make some comments here. The idea of having agency when incarcerated is pretty significant because, of course, we understand that the idea is that is removed when you are incarcerated. And so This is a glimpse of having something that you can control again. And so it's a very positive tool once again. And more so the idea going back further into your earlier statements about being present in your body it's an interesting concept because, of course, there is always the risk of disassociation when somebody has experienced trauma. And we talk a lot about being present, being present in a moment, being present in a time grounding. But, you know, I think there's an absence of talking about being present in your own body. We often talk about being present in a conversation or engaged mentally. And so it's often with others, and this is truly with yourself. And so I wanted to just kind of come back to that and speak to it for a second, because it spoke to me while you were saying that, Deb. So I really appreciate the importance of the work that you are doing. And I want to just take a quick moment to say thank you for that. And you tell me, you mentioned that you're doing this work in Ingham County prison. Is the view to kind of push this out into
1: all prisons? Is this something that can be expanded like that? I love the work I'm doing at the jail, and I would like to take it to other jails, other facilities. I also want to, my grand vision is to, because the Prison Yoga Project exists, primarily they started in California and they're kind of working their way east, but they've been doing what they do about 15 years. Their modality is slightly different than the way I was taught, but I have become affiliated with them. We're kind of sharing best practices with each other, as well as sharing data with each other. And what we both have learned independently. That's a very big organization I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of. They do have it in several prisons. There is at least one prison in Michigan that has the Prison Yoga Project. Someone's teaching in there. Ideally, yes, it would be great to offer people tools that they can take back into the world. Also tools that will give them a more beneficial experience while they're there. It's a therapeutic thing. That we don't need to wait until the last year someone's sentenced to, okay, now let's get you some counseling. That counseling should happen the minute they get in there. We should have activities and education and trainings for people from the minute they get in there because you're creating a better environment, not only for the people who we say we're rehabilitating, but for the staff who walk in there every day. That is a traumatic situation to walk into every day.
0: The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com.
1: The level of alcoholism, drug abuse, domestic violence, divorce, suicide with people who are deputies in the prisons is astronomical and it's not okay. And there's a tremendous shortage of people to fill these jobs. So clearly, we're not doing this right. There's a better way we can do this. So it's a better environment for the people who are walking into this space every day to work. I just heard someone tell me that they had a family member who worked three 14 hour days in a row at the prison. Like, who's in any mental capacity to work three 14 hour shifts doing anything, let alone in a setting that's that challenging? So, we're not doing it the best way we can. There's a better way we can do it. Part of what my mission is, what I care about, is figuring out what is my role in helping to facilitate that. And if it's nothing, maybe what that is, is to remind people that if they don't know, like, hey, this is how this goes and it's not going very well, we can do better for both sides because it benefits all of us in our communities when we can do better for both sides of that equation.
0: Oh, for sure, I mean, it may reduce recidivism. It could, of course, create a more healthy, stable work experience for those who are working in corrections. That leads me to a question, what sort of is the ratio of staff taking part? Are they taking part with the inmates? Does that happen?
1: No, no. My mission is, again, to get the meditation and or trauma-sensitive yoga available for staff. At this point, I'm not facilitating. I'd love to, but that's not, hasn't been worked out yet as to how that would happen. To my knowledge, I don't know if at any facilities, the staff, maybe some are doing independently. I had the pleasure of doing some a series of in-service mental wellness presentation of meditation and some movement to the staff at Ingham County in spring of 2023 and the feedback i got was way better than i thought it was going to be <laughs> and this is something that was actually was useful and it was kind of like my understanding was like we thought this was going to be crap but no one said that <laughs> 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 we didn't want to do it but hey, you know, that wasn't terrible after all. And some people were very interested in like, how can we make this happen here? And I said, you tell me, I'll do what I can to make it work. You know, there must be a reason for the schedules that change those swing shifts that change so much. Maybe that's part of the challenge is because of the swing shift. You know, I don't know. We're all smart people. We can figure out how to make that happen if we truly want to make that happen. And I think it's essential to offer mental wellness tools. You know, I'd say that three things saved my life. It was talk therapy. It was being a part of community theater and it was yoga. Bebette Rothschild is a trauma specialist. She's a psychologist, written several books about trauma. The body remembers one of them. And she says that no one modality is more than 50% effective in healing trauma. And she's speaking to therapists saying, offer three things to your clients, help them find the three things that can help them process and work through their trauma. You know, maybe it's beekeeping, maybe it's martial arts, maybe it's running, maybe it's cooking or baking or dancing or singing, whatever your three things are. And they don't have to be, you don't have to pick them and you're stuck with them the rest of your life. They can change as you change and you decide, okay, that was cool, but I'm ready to try something else. And there's can be something very meditative when we get lost in art or that thing that's, you know, that just really, we feel so connected to and we're so We'll get lost in it and we can let all the other stuff go.
0: I love that. It's a positive conduit to healing as opposed to some of the other methods that folks choose when they're trying to tempt down pain of trauma. And it could be that they turn to some of the very actions that may lead them to incarceration. Perhaps they lean into drinking or drugs or something that isn't healthy. And so this is a very positive option and more so I think that the idea of having three is a wonderful kind of framing of a way to move forward because it's saying that you don't have to choose something and commit to it and maybe feel like a failure if because that one thing isn't something you're good at. So have three, spread your positivity options, you know, and move forward. And so I think I could lean into that as an option. Deb, we are really running out of time here, but I really want to know how can folks get in touch with you to inquire more? about this practice, is there a way they could learn more?
1: Of course, debheartyoga.net. You can email me or give me a call or text through that site. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll make sure to
0: post those details on the Michigan Business Network website along with this podcast. Oh, Deb, we're out of time. I want to talk about this all day. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we are not out of hustle. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you. For your interest in the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for tuning in to the 100% Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton on the Michigan Business Network.